Hello there, my name is Alex, I am telecommunication engineer and welcome to Beyond Best podcast. The podcast focused on engineers' excellence. Each episode consists of an interview with interesting guests who shares their knowledge and expertise. In today's episode, you're going to meet Chris. He's self-taught 3D printer enthusiast who had built his own 3D printer and also owns a few more. He's going to share with you how he started with 3D printing, how you can start, what kits you could buy, what kind of 3D printers are out there, and many more interesting things. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Can you tell us about your background? Uh, so background-wise, I'm just like a sysadmin. So I work in a small uh, like office and just provide technical support and like infrastructure for for pretty like 3d printer wise i have no career experience so this is all hobby kind of related when it comes to 3d printing but my initial background is like computer wise so infrastructure offices related stuff um how did it all started how long are you involved with this field of technology uh, so I initially uh, wanted to get into it because uh, I like building computers, and uh, when you you know sorting yourself out of a nice you know build of, of a computer, you want to customize it in some shape or form. And uh, I was looking online of how to easily like produce the parts that I wanted, so like little brackets and you know uh, like uh, mounts for a computer, and they were really expensive, so. Uh, I found the easiest way to do it is to just get a, a 3D printer um, and then print it yourself and in the exact way that you want it, you know, in the exact way you designed it. Um, and that was a, like a couple of years ago. So since then, I've slowly uh, built up my experience. I've moved from, uh, I don't know if you would know the different technologies within uh, FDM and SLA printing, but FDM is basically like a filament based printing method where you paste the plastic into like using layers so you melt the plastic and then the plastic melts and you form it into that like the exact shape that you want it and you build it up layer by layer uh, whereas sla printing is much more exact and kind of a, a advanced method of printing where you have a resin and you cure the resin using light throughout the years i've kind of uh, developed different kind of well i i bought printers and using those printers, I was able to kind of advance, like advance kind of uh, learn how these technologies work and then ad- adapt them uh, in the way that I want them to work in a way. So uh, just figuring out how it works and then printing uh, mounts and solutions uh, for my computers or for customers, because I also, I also have an Etsy store. That's amazing, actually. I mean, how it all started basically is that you just had the need. You saw that's quite expensive computer parts and you decided to print them by yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So is it cheaper to to print when it becomes cheaper? Yes. So it really depends on what what technology you're going for. Because if it's something that is widely available, basically manufactured, like, you know, mass produced already, then it's always cheaper to just go ahead and, and online and buy the part as you need it. But when it comes to something that's very customized or something that is very unique to your own personal needs, there won't be many you know, available solutions and you have to create it yourself. You would need to design the, uh, the 
the, um, the model yourself. So using like a software, a Fusion 360 or any kind of modeling software you have. And then getting that part manufactured would be a lot more expensive um, in terms of going with an online service than just buying a printer yourself and having that as a, as a, a way of just, you know, churning out the parts that you need because you don't have to pay someone online um, like a, a, a very marked up fee especially with these big companies they they, they they will charge a lot of money just for the consultation and the quotes and stuff that that's usually where they, they get the most amount of money um, whereas if you do it yourself in-house it's a lot cheaper and it, like even as a personal service provider like because I do sell on Etsy um, usually it's a lot cheaper but just because I'm doing it as a hobby so I actually enjoy doing it so it's always cheaper just to just to do it yourself or get a small company someone that you can trust to do it for you as well mm, absolutely and I guess uh, you spend more time understanding the need and not just uh, having some you know general form that yes. people just feel and then uh, whatever you receive it is what you ask for exactly <laughs> And in this case, can you like give us some examples of this part? Uh, so um, I don't actually have an example uh, as like in in hand, but I can show you my Etsy page. Yeah, absolutely. I'll put it in the show notes because I think it's important. I mean, for many people, they don't exactly they have heard about three D printers, yeah. but they don't know a lot. I mean, I'm a, I'm one of them. When you mention FDM and SAL, if I understand correctly, yeah, SLA. SLA, yeah. For me, SLA is service level agreement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very similar. <laughs> Can you walk us basically what F- FDM process? So you buy some some plastic, and then you melt uh, it, or so, how does it work? So usually you can get like a ready-made printer, or you could buy a printer that is like you can assemble yourself. But the, the FDM technology is based around like melting a filament, which is like a plastic. They're usually PLA is the easiest like type of plastic to get your hands onto. There's a few other plastics that you can uh, buy that are, like have different properties, um, but the concept is always the same with FDM printing, where you basically melt the, the melt the plastic into the shape that you want, layer by layer. So you have your build, uh, you have your build plate, um, which is like a flat surface, and then. Uh, the nozzle, which is basically like, if you can imagine like using a toothpaste, like, um, and you just basically uh, melt the plastic uh, into the shape, that, so the first layer into that shape that you want it to be. So if, for example, if you're printing a square, like a cube, uh, you, you'll first print a square, and then you would go one layer up and you'll do the exact same square until you have a three-dimensional cube. Um, and this can take sometimes hours or even days, depending on how big you want the print to be um, but that's how it would go and in the sense of uh, making like a, a computer um, components with it of course you can't print a PCB or like an actual like electronic component but I was we, hoping you said that you can uh, yeah like <laughs> Hard unfortunately, drive, yeah, like, un, it, like unfortunately you can't yet but what what's really handy about printing in this case is that you can for example, print a, a case or like a mount, like mount solution for it. A, a really good example of what I see people do or what I've done myself is like Raspberry Pi cases. Uh, if you need like, uh, if you have like an open PCB for testing out um, a lot of hardware, 
just for like your own like hobby hobby needs it's always nice to have it in a nice package and so like for example a raspberry pi doesn't come with any uh, any case uh, or any cheap like uh, like in like by default it just comes with a pcb and some connectors and if you do have any like daughter boards or any kind of uh, customized pieces onto that um it always kind of just flops about like you know, have a bunch of cables and whatnot um whereas with 3d printing you can create your own case and customize it depending on what components you have stuck onto that raspberry pi and uh, you can kind of adapt that concept to a, a pc where if you have a uh, uh like a non-standard kind of uh pc case and you want to fit something that isn't uh like doesn't really fit that easily for example like a graphics card that is slightly too heavy uh, for the case you can print like a little mount that can hold up the graphics card or if you have a power supply that is like slightly uh like needs a bit of air to go in because it has like an awkwardly placed fan you can build a like a, a duct or like we'll print a duct that can direct the air into the power supply and uh like like all these different things are solved with 3d printing because you can manufacture that part yourself you don't need to rely on uh on like the manufacturer of the uh, PC uh, case to do that for you, you can just print it and then you know problem solved. Next day shipping with Amazon, you need to to figure out what you want, research exactly, it, yeah. purchase it, and then at some point it will come to you. But yeah, it's it takes uh, a lot of effort uh, to think about it and then to to design it. And speaking about this effort to think about it. How hard it is to, if somebody comes to you and says, I want X, maybe want a square cube, which has a place for a light, you know, it's a Christmas and, uh, you know, something like that. <laughs> how uh, hard it is to design such thing in, in this application then? How much so, effort does it take? Um, so it, it always depends on like the complexity of the project. So if someone just comes up to me and says, I want a cube, of course, like modeling that cube is not going to be much effort. You just have like your modeling software, um, for example, in a, like a, like a very base level uh, modeling software is called Tinkercad, which is like very very junior. And uh, if if anyone wants to look, uh, kind of look at it, it's uh, it's a, a called Tinkercad, uh, T I N uh, K, uh, yeah T I N K E R C A D, so Tinkercad. And it's a really nice way to get just to get yourself started off with modeling, um, like basic shapes and forms, or even like organics. Um, and this is what I, uh, I used at the beginning, um, just to do the modeling projects that I needed. So if I need to have a little bracket or something, I would use Tinkercad, uh, uh, and that would literally take me like like minutes because it's, it's it's like such a simple software to use on very basic projects. Um, but when it comes to uh, very complex projects where someone needs a, like very precise measurements and like very exact dimensions, um, that's where you kind of need to uh, get yourself involved with uh, actual like production level software, um, of which there are quite a, a, quite a nice amount of free ones. Like for example, Fusion 360 uh, has like a whole bunch of uh, free products. Um, uh, and like services that you don't need to pay anything at all and they give you nearly full access to all the tool, tools and uh, kind of accessories that you need and uh, that's basically what I've been using to uh, to work on my 3D like printing projects since then since moving from uh, like 
Tinkercad just because like uh, I can just put so much more effort into it and then uh, it, it ends up actually like being something that um, that you can sell physically and be and know that it's exactly as to spec. Um, yeah, it, will t- it like might take a, a few uh, like hours or maybe d- days to learn the exact process of what the customer wants, but um, but you can give a like way better uh, product out of it. And um, you basically have a control about. I'm sure. Do you do pixels there? Or- yeah. I guess pixels, right? Not vectors. Uh, because it's uh, it's a physical thing. When when you're printing something, uh, the, like pixels don't really matter. It's it's the physical shape of it. So usually I work within like microns or millimeters, um, and that way you have like exact measurements. But uh, yeah, so like I, like recently I had like had a customer ask me uh, if they wanted me to print like a logo, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and they asked me, okay. Oh, <laughs> Can, like, can you print this uh, at 1,000 pixels? And I was like, wait, like, uh, you know, how do I do that? <laughs> because pixels aren't aren't a physical thing. They're like, they can like yeah. be dynamic. They change on the resolution. So, um, so I, of course, I had to change that, uh, change the logo into a 3D image. So I had to uh, like, uh, like ask the customer, like, how big do you want it in in like you know, millimeters or centimeters? Um, so, so, so I had to do that. But yeah, that's funny, actually. I mean, that's funny <laughs> because, you know, everything is pixels or vectors in, in, the, in the web. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They will say, oh, well, it's our logo is in vector mode or in pixel. <laughs> Just put it to 3D printed. <laughs> yeah. So, so you kind of have to think about changing a, like a, like a non-physical object into an actual physical tangible object, which is always quite, quite fun to, uh, to like mess around with. Or like you find out things that you might not expect from like a uh, like a like something that was designed just to be 2D and then you change it 3D and it becomes like oh, really weird and wonky and it's just like quite quite fun to work with and actually well, one thing related to what you mentioned about the pixels there are a lot of examples for emerging technologies that they were not compatible such as formats there was a big uh, war between uh, Microsoft and Open Office so everybody go to their own format, they were not compatible for a couple of years. And now we can open open documents, we can open Microsoft uh, X documents. So it makes me wonder, I still consider um, yeah. this 3D, uh, you know, building technology to be quite uh, in the infancy, maybe I'm wrong. And I just wonder if the software formats, it's like, do you have yes. a standard, so... like a binary format you can use from one software to another? When it comes to 3D images, uh... Usually, uh, the, the the like the most uh, like used formats is STL and OBJ. Um, so these are just like they, they contain the actual um, like the position of of the faces and the object itself as a, as a 3D image. And usually, like all software available for uh, editing and slicing um, the the image into a 3D printable file will support STL and OBJ. Like that's just something that is quite standard, um, but of course, when it comes down to the printing level, or uh, for, for like, for example, you have like a, like a manufacturer that produces a one one kind of printer, they they like to have their own format. So if you slice a a a uh, so if you create a printable file for one printer, 
that file would not work for another printer. It, it's dedicated for one brand or one type of printer, um, which is, I, I think that that probably would never change because there's so many different types of printers and so many different types of technologies um, that it's almost impossible to like have a one, like, like a standardized a sliced image. But in the sense of a 3D image, um, it's very like, like you, you would usually find those uh, those two formats like OBG and SDL. Um, they would be like the standard. Uh, of course, you have like you have like uh, like the like the modeling software. Uh, for example, Fusion 360 has their own proprietary uh, like um, format, and then you have like for example Mesh Mixer or like Sculptress. They have their own proprietary. Uh, like formats, so it kind of depends on what your workflow is uh, and what what kind of stuff you like to print. If you like to print very like 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 machine stuff based, then you have uh, um, like CAD software, or if you have like very like if you like to print uh, or, like organic, so like uh, figurines and stuff, then you would be using the kind of sculpt like like the sculpting software end of stuff, which have their own uh, formats. But in the end, they kind of gather up into STO and OBJ files. Does it mean that you can easily convert uh, from OBJ and STO to this uh, low-level um, machine-specific formats? Yes. So if you have the if you have STO and OBJ, then you're completely like free to to like uh, convert into anything you like. Um, but the problem is, if you don't have that, then it becomes a real mess. Uh, because you have to convert, because most most manufacturers don't give you opportunity to, to then transform that back into an OBJ on STL, um, not not by standard anyway. So, some do, but some don't, and it's not it's not really like a a uh, like a standardized thing. I see. So this is as well something to take into account if uh, a manufacturer gives you uh, some format and use it in one place, and then you want to use it in another printer, then you might not. Uh kind of be able to yeah yeah exactly well, well hopefully most 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 uh most people that 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 produce um like models and stuff would give you in like an sdl format um they would give you like the file in a in a, in a good way um like I, I don't think i've ever experienced a uh like a like a, uh, a service that would give you a pre-sliced image they usually expect you to slice the image into the format you like um, so, so hopefully, like, doesn't go down to the way of like, you know, massive, you know, three D printing companies fighting over what formats should be used. Hopefully, like, it just stays as it is with the STO and like OBJ formats because that's that is quite nice with it because you can just go on like a GrabCAD or um, or like Thingverse, which are like very big um, platforms for hosting uh, like three um, D models and projects. Uh, so you can just go there and grab whatever files you want, and then you always know that those files would like will be in some shape or form printable, uh, and using a standardized like format, um, which was quite nice. I'm learning so much now because uh, I was never into this 3D printing kind of area. The only thing that uh, I read maybe two years ago was some speculation that you know 2020 people will be able to print their own clothes personalized <laughs> are we there yet <laughs> well i i mean 
<laughs> you could try. I mean, you could try. Like I've seen projects on a, on a, a Thingverse uh, showing that you can print your own chainmail. Like uh, like kind of a, it's it's like a plastic fabric, but it in but in a sense is basically just a, like a a like a linked together uh, plastic. So so it won't feel like clothes, but um, yeah, you probably it's probably a few like like a few years away till we actually have like uh, you know well feeling like uh, clothes that do feel like clothes. But you but you could accessorize definitely. I feel like you could uh, print like something that you could use as an accessory on your clothes. Um, for example, like the frame on, like for your glasses, if you wear glasses, you can print the frame or um, you could like uh, uh, keychains or any kind of tags that you like to wear. So like, for example, uh, um, on my shop on Etsy, I sell uh, dog tags for like cosplaying, um, which is like a little chain on like little tags. So you can print like uh, nice or like necklaces or earrings and stuff like that. So you can definitely use it as accessories, but yeah, clothes is, I, I think you still need a few more years for that to uh, develop. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, I think you're right. Do you do customized things? Because I see some templates there as well. Is it everything customizable? So, so, so these are just like uh, custom orders. So I have a few items on my store that are like um, stuff that I just have in stock. So I, I like I, I can sell it as as items as products but most of my orders are custom orders so if someone wants uh has, like has an idea uh for something to be printed then i could uh like like act, um, create that for them so if they need a uh, like model for example recently someone wanted a stamp for an ant like an amp uh like a ant stamp so uh he showed me an image of that ant that he wanted like a 2d one and then i changed that into 3ds uh, image, and then I I uh, designed the stamp um, itself to work as a like a so you can for example put put like some wax and then stamp stamp that to be a wax uh, kind of a seal, um, and yeah so that's kind of neat right and he has his own personal thing yeah that uh, the way he wanted it exactly basically it's like IKEA but. Uh, <laughs> You don't need to assemble stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, I, like, I would be the one to to think through how would that be able to. Work. Of course, you have some orders that aren't really feasible yet. Um, so, if someone, for example, like if you came up to me and said, "I, I want some clothes printed," I would obviously have to like explain um, that it's something that it would be quite hard to do, and it would just be easier to go to the shop and or have or have like a uh, like a like printing store. As in, like, have a uh, like if you want some uh, like a decal or like a plastic print on on your top, you you you'll probably find it easier just to go to a store and have it like ironed on. It was very popular these things maybe fifteen years ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think if anybody's doing it uh, nowadays, but uh, maybe there is still market for that. But uh, you're absolutely right, and. Uh, I'm sad that uh, yeah, this whole interview was about me asking you to print and customize some clothes because I hate shopping, but <laughs> I will need to wait. Yeah. This <laughs> so so not all uh, not all ideas would be feasible. So I would I would need to like someone does like come out with a with a request that um, that of course I can't 
I can't guarantee them I, I, I would need to refuse but most most ideas uh, usually I can do um, like someone wants their logo like 3d printed into like a little nice stand or something like that then I can do that for them or if they have like like particular customization or to, like if they already have a model um, that they like and they just want me to add like a decal to it or their name to personalize it then I can do that very very easily um, so, so the shop kind of does does multiple things um, I can just print straight away models that they have or I can kind of customize and create the new ones if they like it like if they need it and and I have the kind of skill set to do that um, sometimes I don't sometimes I do it kind of depends on like, like the complexity of things Mm-hmm. You're doing the, the whole cycle basically. Yeah. You uh, you talk with them, you customize exactly. them, and then you de- you send them through some delivery service, I guess. Yep. And I just wonder, what kind of skills do you, or what kind of qualities a person who wants to work with such technology should should possess? Because I don't think many people, when they hear uh, 3D printing, most probably they'll have many, uh, how to say, barriers to. Yeah. To try it you know because it seems to be very still in the infancy stage yeah and many people will be like it's not for me <laughs> and i just wonder what made you kind of to persevere and to you know to move on and to acquire these skills and now to be able to do what you do yeah so i feel like the biggest trait you just need is is patience because like like with so many things it, it with the uh, things just don't work as, as, as you want them to like when I first started with my like FDM printer, um, things would just fail. Uh, I would go like weeks and weeks without having a, a, a like a good looking print, and so it would just be a very long time until I I was satisfied with prints uh, that come out well or like have a nice finish to them. Um, and to do that, you would need to have a lot of patience. You just need to uh, keep on uh, going on with it. Of course. Uh, like, like, to have a um, wants to get themselves started off with three um, D printing, just keep on on going at it because you will, at one point you will get to the point where you have good looking prints and they do look good. Um, you just need to uh, just fine tune your settings, uh, do more research, and like the, there are so many good places to look now. When I first started off with, there weren't that many, but. Um, just use the tools that you have. For example, Reddit. Uh, Reddit is an amazing uh, site to go on just to see um, what are the solutions that someone else came up with for your problem. So if you have some kind of issue uh, with like your bed, like bed leveling, or your your printing, uh, like your printing uh, filaments that are very awkward to use, for example, um, you go on Reddit. You go on to the subreddit uh, for for three D printing. I'll have that linked in in the in in, in the podcast as i appreciate well. that and uh and you have so many good nice people uh that have like way more experience than i do that would love to help uh, in any kind of problem you, you would have like answers within like within minutes or hours um and it, it just so if you're brand new to the to, to, to like the printing world this is the best place to start because any issue that you might have you just uh, ask someone and they, they will help you straight away um so just patient like like yeah so just patience and and like perseverance that's what we pretty much need and any level of like experience uh with like if you're if you're new to new to technology 
of course it will be slightly harder because you have to learn a lot of like computer-based stuff like uh, file formats just generally using software um so if you're if you're new to uh, like computers and using like windows for example it'll be quite difficult but with time uh, anyone can develop these skills uh just it, it becomes a like like second nature once you've uh, done it once and uh, like a lot of these things they're made to be user friendly um especially for uh, like ready made products so if you're buying a ready made printer the only thing you need to learn is the, the like the concept of 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 just putting the file onto a slicer slicing the file um so like why my slicer is the software that um that changes the your 3d image into a like 3d printable file and, and that process is super easy and then you take that uh, file and put it onto your printer uh via usb or like an sd card and then you just print, print uh, press print and that's literally how simple it is you would like of course you would want to think about uh, how to load up the filaments and whatever but that usually is so simple as just reading a manual and uh, from, like from that perspective it's super easy and i feel like anybody can get into it um, but from the perspective of building your own printer uh, that's something you do after you've experienced like the the, the more user-friendly approach of buying one and then uh, and then going to like the more kind of experienced range um, yeah, actually, this this makes me think. Um, which one would you uh, recommend for new people? Windows uh, to use for connecting to the three D printers or Linux? Uh, it, it really doesn't matter these days because on 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 Linux you have like uh, like for example, even if a uh, if like a piece of software is Windows only on Linux, you have like Wine or you have like like emulators uh, for 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 uh, for Windows. So it doesn't really matter. It, it really depends on what, what your preference is. And, uh, and yeah, so, so the software is, is usually has uh, both Mac, Linux, and Windows support. But, um, but, but on Linux, you can always emulate like Windows or, or any kind of situation you need. So it really doesn't matter what, what kind of uh, hardware you have at home, as long as you can open the file, uh, which is OBG and SDL, which I hope you can. I mean, it's very standard format um and from there you can just have sorry uh maybe the next question sorry for interrupting the next question would be um new or self-made what would be the difference in the price uh so if you're building yourself um you can always go for like the the, the like the the bottom of like the ebay sellers so like you it'll basically be the cheapest because um, you're building yourself you don't have to have the you like you don't have to pay for the labor that someone has to put into building it. So you can buy like a, like a set and then build it yourself. But I actually don't advise doing that if, if you are getting into uh, like 3D printing, because that's where a lot of people make mistakes uh, when, when they get the, the, like the, you know, like, like the, when it comes to assembling the printer, um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. So, and, and the price difference between uh, assembling and a ready-made product is not much these days because it's something that is, is actually the, like, is quite the, the, like, 3D printing as a, as, as a uh, technology has developed like a long way. So it's much easier just to buy a package, um, like a ready-made package uh, on, on eBay or Amazon and then learn via that way. So if something does break along the way, 
um, if you always have like the warranty or uh, like someone to help you out and then you then through that method you learn more about uh, 3d printing and then once you've uh, once you've grown out of your original printer then you can say like okay i want something that has a, a better price to it so i want something that's cheaper and then you can think about kind of building your own or customizing the printer that you already have so that you can achieve better prints or different functionality or different performances um Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is that uh, the path will be always start with um, something that it's ready made yeah. because you can get the support and the help. And then over and then when you if you really like it, if you want to grow further, you can always start uh, geeking and customizing exactly. this and just uh, making it uh, your own flavor of 3D printing. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of my, my personal approach. But of course, it, like, you can always go like, straight in and build your own printer but that comes with its own kind of uh, tedious issues of problem solving um mm, mm. Uh, i would imagine you need some background as well exactly. in, at least to, to like to open you know uh computers and to to know how to wire things exactly. and uh to not cure yourself with uh, electricity <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean which is always quite quite a big danger because especially all these printers they run on like uh, like um, like kits like straight from China that might not have the same kind of like regulations and uh, and like safety like like safety concerns as stuff that you might buy from a like a hardware store on Amazon or like a, like a package like they'll care a lot more about your safety and, and like health if you buy it ready made whereas if you get like a like a cheap package um, like a kit you might find it quite difficult. Uh, if you're just if you don't have much experience like i, I mean i like personally i've zapped myself <laughs> like a few times <laughs> like yeah poking, yeah poking power supplies and whatnot and like luckily it wasn't very high voltage or anything like that but it's always a concern if if you're uh, someone that's very young for example like if you're 15 16 and getting into um uh, like uh like building your own electronics then it's always um it's always better to know what you get, like the, the research, the kind of uh, things. And that's kind of what also advise is get someone who has who has slightly more experience than yourself. Uh, Davide recently actually helped me with that, um, where he um, introduced me to someone uh, that knew a lot more about um, uh, like, like the electronics and the power aspects of uh, of, of like building um, like LEDs and like. Uh, LED arrays, and I was building a quite a, quite a big LED array. I was building like 300 watt uh, array, which is quite quite intensive. Um, so, uh, just finding someone who knows what what like the procedure on how to do it is always a safer option than trying to do it yourself. Um, and then uh, learning that way. Uh, yeah. yeah, I believe the LED array, especially if it's array, you need to have a parallel electricity yeah. and you need to have a quad wood switch there to to make the, uh, the what is that GPU, it's the power supply PCU. Yeah, so, yeah. And actually, um, maybe one thing that would be very interesting for many people would be: Do you have some kind of a favorite brand uh, that somebody can start with? Because what you mentioned is that maybe some of the brands that uh, people would be maybe more 
how do you call it? They would like to go with the cheapest one. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, we don't want them to be electroshocked. <laughs> like with brands, it's always quite awkward because it's it's always a personal preference and like personal experience. With like with me, I mean, that's, and... that's okay to have it. Yeah. I mean, if if I ask somebody else, they would have a different one. But <laughs> like according to you, then what would be uh, your preference? With me, I've always liked uh, um, any cubic. Which is uh, like a, a very uh, like it has a, they have a very wide spectrum of of printers. They have stuff on the low end and they have stuff on the high end. And uh, for me, they have the, the kind of a really nice range. So uh, if you if you just want to get started off with, you can buy like a, like a cheap printer for like 150 quid, and uh, and then you can you can just use that. And then they also have like the big printers like the like the Anycubic Chiron. Which is like a large format printer, and that, and with that you can like print like stuff that is uh, 450 millimeters big. So it's quite quite a large printer. So 450 millimeters. Yeah. That's really you know you can do three logos for yeah. these uh, dimensions. So, <laughs> Pretty much. That's good. And, and and it always comes handy because uh, for example, if I if I have any issues. Like from my personal customer experience, they they seem to be very active and like proactive. Um, so if I have any issues, they 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 either send me replacement parts or they they get in contact very quickly. Uh, you know, uh, with with the solution. Um, but that, but of course, that's very subjective to like the customer experience. But there are many like brands out there that are like super good. So. What I recommend for someone is to have a look at like the top sellers on Amazon, and then also have a look on on the Reddit uh, that I've linked in the in the um, and uh, and that way someone can get a really good idea on what where where would be the the best place to start when it comes to three D printing. Mm-hmm. That that's a good to know. I mean, for me, it's it's always when I think when people start with something new, there is always this. Um, decision paralysis you know because there are so many decisions to make like which printer and uh it could be quite um frustrating for many people to even figure out what they want this fear of if i buy this one would it be good enough to start and uh what you mentioned about the reddit and even the this company that uh uh, use maybe a good start for for many and because them actually would be more excited to just you know get their hands dirty exactly. on something that could work and not just uh, uh, the tedious research mm. of uh, which is better. And yeah, it's also quite big anxiety for many people. I mean, I know for myself, just uh, I hate shopping for clothes, as I mentioned before. And um, when you go to this mall, you have so many things to choose from. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it, it's yeah, I think it's the biggest barrier when it comes to uh, like introducing someone to 3D printing is like the complexity and the choices that that exist and like different paths someone could take because even within 3D printing you have all these different um, like technologies like FDM is vastly different uh, than it is to like SLA and then you have like other technologies that are more expensive but um, are like different options so I feel like just that like complicated decision is always best to have um, like like an external party there to help you, like the people on Reddit um, to just kind of point in the right direction. This will be the best uh, like best printer for your needs. 
because like the needs of someone printing uh, like miniature models would be very different uh, to someone printing like more physical like engineering uh, parts like uh, that like amounts and stuff uh, that would be very different uh, uh, like solutions for 3d printing um, mm. so you really need to know your use case exactly. it's not only just uh, i'm going to buy it and just plug it and i'll print whatever yeah, i want yeah, exactly so it, it, it really does depend on what what your what your like your aim is uh like in the long run and then you can by that you can gauge what what type of uh, printer you need or what type of uh like plastics and filaments or resins that you want to uh use to to solve your like your underlying issue Mm-hmm. I see. I mean, for me, this um, this interview and just the beginning opens uh, the door for you know many more questions in terms of what do you feel, anything, and so on. But I think we can always uh, you know close it with the idea that um, maybe if you want to present something new, we can maybe have something as well for twenty twenty one that you can come back and just yeah, sure. There was what was what's the new thing in three D printer world. <laughs> I think it's quite interesting, you know. And uh, maybe just a question. Would you like to uh, share your contacts or some last thoughts before we conclude this amazing interview? Um, well, I mean, I'll, like I can always do some self-promo, of course, if you have any like... Uh, yeah, for sure. Go like, for it. So if anyone who has requests on uh, for, for uh, printing or help um, with, the, with their own projects and they want someone who's slightly more experienced, uh you have the uh shop like the etsy store and the podcast um notes and um if you need any help uh of course always go to the reddit there's loads of people there and also there's uh, i'll have an, like a secondary uh subreddit that basically contains uh, uh, like people that can help you not only um uh like print the stuff but also advise you on uh, services that you can use. So th- these are basically people that uh, sell um, printing as a service. And that way, uh, if you don't have a printer yourself, but you need one, or you or, or, or you want uh, someone to print something for you for a cheap, like for a bargain, um, there you can find a whole bunch of people that can help you out, basically. So even you don't need to have a 3D printer, yeah, you just exactly. go to SuperEdit and somebody does yeah. it for you. That's, that's even better for some people, for sure. Thank you, Chris, for joining. And uh, yeah, I mean, for everybody who will listen to this interview to know that uh, if you're still struggling with your you know, New Year's resolution 2021, <laughs> this could be another option to learn 3D printing or just uh, go to this subreddit or talk to Chris and... Uh, have your own customized uh, precious gem uh, just delivered to you. So Chris, it was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Chris. This was the last episode for 2020. From Edu and I, we wish you to have a nice celebration for the end of 2020 and hopefully we'll all enjoy one amazing 2021. Do not forget to subscribe to our podcast as well as if you are a member of BEST, and you'd like to join Best Alumni Network, do not forget to go to our website, bestalumni.net. And until next time, take care.